0: Thanks, Andy, and hi, everyone. Happy bank holiday weekend. It's so good to be with you. Now, I'm probably quite a tactile person. Um, I struggle to say, how are you, without also putting a hand on someone's arm or shoulder. Um, this isn't everybody's style, thankfully. <laughs> but as it's mine, let me tell you that the virtual hug or you know, the high five in the air, or this thing we're meant to do with our elbows at the moment just doesn't quite cut it for me. Um, It's really good to be carrying on this fab journey that we've been doing since January as a church family pattern, looking at some wonderful things in the scripture together. And today we have the joy of journeying through that passage that Andy just read to us from 2 Samuel chapter 9 as we reflect on health and disability as part of our um, body module Now, King David, if I'm honest, I've got mixed feelings about him sometimes. Um, You know, some compromising choices that he makes in uh, first and second Samuel. But of course, like us all, God does good through him in spite of his failings. But in all my moments of going, ooh, David, why did you do that? Uh, In my opinion, here in 2 Samuel chapter nine, David is at one of his most inspirational moments as Israel's king in his love and compassion and kindness towards Mephibosheth, who is unable to walk. Now, speaking about disability, additional needs, mental ill health, chronic illness, like so many of the topics that we've covered in patterns so far, need appropriate levels of care and sensitivity. We all have our own story, and we need humility Humility to journey together in this. Humility to listen to the Spirit of God. Humility to be attentive to where we might not have been in step with him as much as we could have been. And so what is Mephibosheth's story? Well, we can read of this in 2 Samuel chapter 4. Now, Mephibosheth is King Saul's grandson. King Saul, one of Israel's first, Israel's first king, he has a bit of a tempestuous relationship with King David, um, and King Saul has a son, Jonathan, who is David's closest friend. And Mephibosheth is Jonathan's son. And we read in 2 Samuel 4 that when he is five years old, he is dropped by his nurse who is carrying him to flee a battle, and that leaves him unable to walk in both legs. It's tragic. This is Mephibosheth's story, and I wonder, what is yours? Maybe you've had a visual impairment since birth. Maybe you've been in a wheelchair since a tragic accident. Maybe you have chronic fatigue. Maybe you have severe depression. Or maybe you're the parent or carer of a child with additional needs. Or you're the spouse or the brother or sister Maybe you're the friend of someone who you care for who has dementia. Maybe your job is in care. Maybe you're a teacher in an additional need school. Or maybe you're a counselor. Or maybe this particular issue has yet to impact your world significantly. Or maybe this resonates with you in a way which I haven't yet specifically mentioned. But you know that you have a story. And God knows it, too. And maybe for some right now, in this issue of health, the loss and the grief that you feel at the moment is almost too much to bear. I'm here as someone this morning who isn't impacted daily by physical disability or significant health challenges. Although, of course, like us all, I don't know what the future holds for me health-wise. But from my earliest days, because of my personal family context, This is a topic which has shaped me probably more than I'll ever know. It's shaped some of my instinct, some of my theology, shaped some of my deepest pain, my greatest joy, my biggest prayers, and it's shaped this longing that I have for the day when Jesus will return and he'll bring in that new and perfect restored world of the new creation. And so my family's story means that I come to this particular part of our body module as part of Pattern with a particular poignancy and a particular hope. And also with a whole bag of questions. I'm sure you've got some too, and I'd love to hear yours. My questions, what about healing? What about our bodies in the new creation? You know, will they be as Jesus' resurrected body was, those that bear scars, but yet how will that work? Because in the new creation, that won't be a problem because there'll be no more pain. Maybe some of our questions this morning are, how can we love those around us better who have health challenges or physical disabilities? What can we do better as a church family? What can we do better as a society? Or maybe our question is really specific. God, where were you? As it says in Psalm 139, when I was knit together in my mother's womb with my chromosomal particularities which have led to life-altering ramifications. So I wonder, what's your story? We've got this tradition in the Gallica household where we get people who come and eat with us to write their name underneath our table. Our kids love it because they feel like it's this really naughty thing to watch their friends grab a felt tip pen and like scrawl their name on the underside of our dining room table. You can imagine having toddlers, we really had to manage this carefully because before you know it, you've turned your back and all your furniture's got crayons all over it because it's part of the family tradition. You know, each one of these names written on the underside of our dining room table has a story. Each one of these names is the mark of a moment of being at the table. And that's the image that we have here in 2 Samuel chapter 9, the table. It's mentioned so many times throughout this chapter. It's a powerful image, isn't it, the table? A place to belong, a place of community, a place to taste kindness. The table, a place of grace. And actually, we often say, don't we, when we eat a meal together, what we call grace, a moment of prayer, to thank God for his provision, to have a moment of reflecting on our dependency on him, his sustaining, and to pray for those who have less than we do. And as the people of God, and we're going to do this uh, together in a moment, we come around the table of communion together together where we remember in the most profound way through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God has poured out his grace upon us and he has provided for us in an eternal and lasting way. And you know, I think that this topic of health and disability is one which brings with it a unique opportunity for the grace of God. It's my experience that individuals and families who are impacted significantly by struggles with health and disability are often those who experience, speak of, and carry with them the grace of God in a very real and special way. And so the first words of grace to Mephibosheth and us this morning are, there is a place for you at the table. There's a place for you at the table of the king. There is a place for you in the arms of the father who loves you. There is a place for us in all of our weakness, in all of our dependency. And there is a place for each one of us as without exception, we bear the image of God, whatever our physical, mental, emotional struggles may be. And it's David's kindness, which brings Mephibosheth to the table. That word, yeah, was throughout that passage that was read to us a lot. Kindness, kindness, kindness. It's there in verse 1, verse 3, verse 7. And it's this word in Hebrew, hased Do you remember a couple of years ago, I think it was, and we were looking at the book of Ruth as a church family, and that word hased kept coming up again and again. And apparently, it doesn't translate brilliantly from Hebrew into English because in Hebrew, it just means so very many things, The covenant love of God, his faithfulness, compassion, goodness, mercy, kindness, care. We see that kindness here as David's vision for his dining room table is shaped by a particular covenant promise that he makes to Jonathan that we can read of in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 20, 23, and 24. It's this promise to ensure that Saul's offspring isn't cut off when he becomes king. But when we meet Mephibosheth first, that's exactly his experience. He's cut off on the margins, excluded, overlooked. We're told in verse 4 that he's in a place called Lodabar. And actually, in Hebrew, that means a place of no pasture, literally no place. Now, this is something that many with health challenges and disabilities feel. Nancy Elsland writes, The history of the church's interaction with the disabled is at best an ambiguous one. Rather than being a structure for empowerment, the church has more often supported the societal structures and attitudes that have treated people with disabilities as objects of pity and paternalism. For many disabled persons, the church has been a city on a hill, physically inaccessible and socially inhospitable. And so right now as the church across the globe has her ears and her eyes open to so many injustices and as the spirit of God is doing a particular work in this right now, this issue that we're journeying, journeying with together today has got to be one of the injustices that we engage with too. And in verse 3 of the passage, Ziba only refers to Mephibosheth by his disability. But in stark contrast, and I absolutely love this moment, in verse 6, the very first words out of the mouth of King David is Mephibosheth's name. Mephibosheth, says King David, I love that, I think it's deep and profound that the first word, this man on the margins, this man without a place, this man not invited to the table, the first word that he hears from the mouth of the king of Israel is his own name, spoken with love and compassion and kindness and provision. And with those important words, do not be afraid, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth, says King David, the kingdom that I am the king of, That is the sort of kingdom where you will have a place at the table. You are welcome here. And in taking Mephibosheth in, King David actually gives him the same privileges that one of the king's oldest sons would have had. You know, whatever your story this morning, friends, in Jesus, there is a place for you at the table in the love of your Father in heaven who has created you and knows you by name. Hear him calling your name afresh today. He sees you. And his voice calls to us all in our weakness and all in our dependency, for we are all weak, aren't we? We are all dependent. That is what grace acknowledges. And so whilst it's really key for us, to remember together this morning that this particular issue of health and disability has an acute effect on some in ways which many of us will never experience. We are all together those who are dependent and weak and vulnerable. Some people, and we've got someone in our church family who's, I don't know, 70 or 80 who can actually do this, but some people can get to that grand age and do headstands still. But if we've managed to get to that age without any significant health challenges, aging is a good reminder, just as being a baby is a good reminder that our bodies are weak and fragile and frail. We are dependent. Our emotions, our minds are vulnerable too, but grace understands that. You know, the world may say it's survival of the fittest, The world may be ableist, the world may prioritize ambition, success, career, but the grace of God says to us, you are loved by God simply because you are. You are loved by God before you can or can't or will or won't do anything the world may make an idol of health and we may find ourselves caught up in all these things at points, but ours is a story, isn't it? Of coming to the table in weakness, of knowing grace, of bringing nothing of our own but receiving the lavish, hessed kindness, love of God to us. where well, we can say with Psalm 73, though my flesh and my heart may fail God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And so we're invited to be like children. Those who grab the felt tip pen and write our name confidently on the table. You know, children who are so good, aren't they? Speaks a mum of three at being dependent. Children so aware that they haven't made the meal. Children often so beautifully grateful for what, as grown-ups, we've come to call, perhaps mistakenly, the small things. Children understanding and leading the way in the truth that all is grace. I attended a session on disability at the New Wine Church Leaders Conference a while back, and a vicar told his story He talked about how when he was first ordained, someone looked at him in his wheelchair and said, how are you going to manage to be a priest? And he said, I actually think that those with disability make the best priests. They have never been under the illusion that they can do anything in their own strength. When you see your circumstances mean you have to grip, hold tight of grace, you become a model of the gospel to everyone. And so all of us, all of us priests in the new covenant kingdom of God, will we model the gospel as those who grip and grab and give grace. And you see, there's space in our weakness at the table, and there's space as we become those who all, without exception, mirror something of the likeness and the image of God. Genesis, at the beginning of the Bible, makes it clear that set apart from the rest of creation, humanity are special in bearing the likeness of God. And those with disabilities and health challenges bring, I believe, a facet of the image of God that we can often miss in our fast-paced, success-driven, ambitious-focused lives. Ask any parent of a child with additional needs or any friend walking alongside someone. The contentment, the perspective shift, the patience, the laughter, the tears, the joy they bring from another world. Because you see, secondly, there is a table to come. We see here that Mephibosheth in verse 13 is brought to Jerusalem, and King David acts as a prefigure of Christ, and there is a new Jerusalem coming. Revelation speaks of this as a feast, as a banquet of the table to come, where trusting in Jesus, we will see him face to face. On this day, he will wipe away every tear. There will be no more mourning death, sadness, crying pain. At the church, we did a Maundy Thursday meal online last, uh, this year, and Owen asked everyone this question. What would you say to Jesus if you were at the Last Supper? Christine Haig, who's been part of our church family here for years and whose life is impacted in profound ways by health challenges, coping with spinal nerve damage, chronic arthritis, and severe pain every day. She responded to Owen's question with, If I was at the Last Supper, I'd touch Jesus' cloak and be healed. Christine, that day is coming, and oh, it is going to be so good. Because sickness from the common cold, to the coronavirus, to cancer, to whatever health issue you have visible or not visible right now, or someone you love has, that was, they were not part of the perfect world God created, and they will not be part of the perfect world he will recreate in the new creation in the table to come. And as we wait for that day, we continue to be those who pray for healing The Bible tells us to pray here and now in the name of Jesus for us to know the healing of God for the sick. And like me, you may have wonderful stories of those you know who have been healed here and now. But as we wait for that day, we may, that day to come, that table to come, we may be those who have to struggle with the tension of unanswered prayer and know the extra sense of the Spirit's comfort and presence As we wait for that day, that day to come, where as 1 Corinthians 15 says, he will transform our bodies. And so, as we wait, thirdly, will we be those who make a space at our tables? It cost King David to make a place for Mephibosheth, and it cost others too wonderfully ziba gets to be blessed as i love what happens with his story in this chapter as well but he gets to be blessed as he serves mephibosheth you know all throughout scripture what marks out the people of god particularly in a culture back then which so lacked compassion what marked out the people of god was this reminder from the lord to that they would be those who would look out for the orphan the widow the refugee the poor And throughout scripture, there is a special attentiveness to those on the margins, those struggling to know there is a place for them. In the arms of the king, they are most welcome. And so what about at our tables, in our arms, in our lives, where this can become more than just a token gesture, kept at arm's length, where this can impact our bank accounts, our prayers, and our very homes where there is a space at our table, where we take our table metaphorically (laughs) or maybe literally to someone's front window, even if, because of dementia, they can't recognize us anymore, where we make a phone call knowing it's gonna be draining where we're okay with the awkwardness, the looks from people in public, where we embrace the unconventional, the unexpected, and where we find other ways to communicate that aren't patronizing, where we're okay asking if someone's okay and getting the answer that they're not okay today, where we offer respite care, where we inconvenience ourselves, Where we make a place at our table, not out of duty, but because we are those who ourselves have tasted grace in our weakness, where we have been brought from the edges into the very life and love of God, Father, Son, and Spirit. And what we find as we come around the table together, as we make space at our tables, in our lives, in our conversations, in our diaries, is that the beauty of grace means that All are blessed in that. In that coming together, all are blessed. The strong, the weak, the healthy, the iller. All are blessed. That is the way of grace. So to those today who are caring and know all too well, perhaps sometimes, the reality of making a place at the table, may the Lord bless you and keep you and sustain you Jesus said and showed, didn't he, that to serve is the greatest thing. And to those suffering today, may the Lord bless you. He is at hand, he is at hand. Grip a hold of his grace, grab it, and then give it. May we be a church family That know we have a place at the table of our loving Father, at the table of the King, just as Mephibosheth did. And may we be those who make a space in our lives, in compassion, in kindness, in humility and grace. Amen.